0: Welcome to the Ripple Effect Podcast, I'm Claire Ems, and I'm talking positive parenting and positive development. I'll also be interviewing some amazing people who use their passions to spread the ripple effect to many other people. Thanks for joining us. Hi, so today's podcast is another one of my experiences that I'm sharing. Um, I find that sometimes sharing my experiences helps others through their own experiences. So I hope that this is the case for this one today. So today I wanted to chat a little bit about birth trauma. Uh, it's something that's that I'm very interested in because it's something I've spoken to a lot of people about because it's something that I knew that um, was relevant to me. So um, I'll explain a little bit more and then maybe you'll understand what I mean. Okay, okay so... Um, I found out about my birth just like everybody else. Um, My parents told me the story. They were always very open and um, honest about everything. Um, When I was born, uh, I, I was rushed to emergency surgery. So I was taken away from my mom. So straight away when I was born, the doctor looked at me and said, oh, there's something wrong. So I think straight away, my mom felt a little bit nervous and worried. She didn't know what was happening um and unfortunately the hospital she was in was only a maternity hospital so i was rushed to a different hospital and um yeah they performed the surgery the next day and luckily everything went well um yeah and and then a week later my mom came and fetched me and she hadn't seen me for a whole week so she said she was just really excited to to see me and to be able to hold me and she was terrified because i had this big cut across my tummy and yeah, she wasn't sure how to approach this because she'd had two kids that were, let's call it normal, um, and then I came along and now it was surgery and it was a possible diagnosis of cystic fibrosis and she didn't know what to do, um, which I can imagine. Now that I've had kids, I'm like, whoa, I don't think I'd want to go through that. Um, okay, so fast forward, that's the, that's the story. Fast forward, um, I did an inner child healing course um, earlier in the year and during the inner child healing course i did uh, a hypnosis just to take you back to your first point of pain and i'm learning to trust sort of that intuition where you know what it is like because how often do you think of something and you think did i make that up did i imagine that so i sat and i um, did this hypnosis and it took me back to um, what i felt was before i was born i I didn't know but i couldn't see anything i couldn't hear anything but i felt a little bit uh, claustrophobic almost and then i was like am i making this up because i think that's when i felt pain and then i just went with it i was like maybe it is maybe it isn't i don't know and i followed the the activities i had to do and everything and i found that week after i did the hypnosis and and thought about the you know the early pain that i may have experienced in my mom's um womb (laughs) before I was born um I think uh that it it led to me feeling those sort of feelings over again like I, I couldn't process them at the time when I was not yet born none of it made sense um but I had this sense of like of like I need someone to help me almost I can't explain it but that's sort of the feeling I got um Yeah, and it led to a lot of thoughts about my birth and about um, just not being with my mom. Like, how did I feel being taken away from my mom straight after being born and then being rushed to a hospital and they do emergency surgery and people are like poking and prodding me. And yeah, I don't know how it must have felt, but I'm sure as... And a lot of people say, oh, well, you were a baby. You don't remember. And I don't remember. But from the recent studies I've done and the recent... Uh, work that I'm doing with parents, I'm realizing that everything is stored in your subconscious. So everything's there. It doesn't matter how small you are. The experience you had is still there. You just couldn't make sense of it at the time. You could only make sense of what you could make sense of. So, um, okay, so that's the story there. So I worked on it. It was so healing because I got to sit with my mom and speak to her and say, well, what actually happened Um, in a little bit more detail Although she told me a thousand times for some reason I just needed to know more like who was with me who was holding me And obviously she didn't know she wasn't there But she said she remembers a nurse when she came to fetch me a nurse was holding me And after speaking to a friend who does a lot of this work as well with craniosacral therapy She said to me try and find the good as well Because it's easy to focus on maybe what wasn't so good at the time because it was difficult and maybe I was in pain And maybe I felt um scared and needed comforting and whatever but she said find the good because if there's if you can find the good it can just help you bring about maybe a different perspective on the whole thing and i started focusing on that person whoever they were that nurse who held me and it helped me to realize okay my mom couldn't be there but someone was there it wasn't like i wasn't cared for or loved or looked after they didn't just leave me there and abandon me um my parents couldn't help but it wasn't their fault The nurses and doctors did the best that they could with the situation. Um, Yeah, so that was the story there. Then I just wanted to add, because this I found very interesting. Okay, so I'm doing this a little bit all over the place. So now I started thinking of my own child, first child's birth. Okay, when my first child was born, obviously I had no clue what to expect. I didn't know how any of it worked. Um, I opted for a Caesar because I have pelvic floor dysfunction. So I was really nervous already because I thought natural birth isn't for me. Um, My pelvic floor goes into spasm and I I didn't want that to happen. And then I would panic that she wouldn't be able to be born and no one could tell me the prediction of what could happen. So we chose a Caesar. So I won't do all the details, but eventually we went into the room to have the Caesar, you know, all the bits and bobs that happened before but we went into the theater and they performed the surgery now for one it was again very stark and cold and uh, I think <sighs> even thinking now I keep having these moments where I'm like click I just had one now it may have brought back feelings of myself being on an operating table as a child as a baby one day old where it's stark and cold and bright and white and a little scary I don't maybe you know these are all just but it feels right when I say it it feels right I'm like yeah that makes sense so yeah during the surgery of having my child um I was shaking uncontrollably I couldn't stop shaking it was extremely uncomfortable um no one really I kept saying it I kept saying I'm shaking I I don't know what to do and they said it's normal it's normal it's normal it didn't help me she was born they didn't they said do you want to hold her? And I said, I do, but my hands were strapped and no one could help me. So they sort of let me see her and nobody let me hold her. And I was desperate to hold her. (laughs) Um, And, and then they, I didn't know any of this was going to happen because the antenatal class I did was at a different hospital. And we were told the baby would be with us from the minute they were born to the minute you go home, unless something, you know, needs to happen that they go to the, the NICU. And what happened then is my husband and, the baby, and Gracie, (laughs) were wheeled off to another place where they checked the newborn babies. So they went there, and I was wheeled into a recovery room with no one, no one. They wheeled me in, the nurses covered me in blankets because I was shaking, and they shoved this tube of hot air underneath, and they said, this will help, this will help, this will help. So I was lying there, now I've had all these plans of what's going to happen when I have my baby, and now I literally had no effing clue what was going on and nobody told me. I was lying there alone and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Like right now I would cry but I've been through this moment so many times that uh, that I'm okay. I'm fine with it but at the time it was so traumatic. I was like I've just spent nine months holding a baby in my tummy, and now she's born, and I want her, and nobody can tell me what's going on. And my husband is gone, my baby's gone, my doctor's gone, I'm lying in recovery on my own. It's ridiculous. I don't know why that is how things are done. It does not make sense. It made me feel like a complete vessel. I was a vessel for the baby, and now I was nothing. I was nobody cared. So, what happened, what followed after that was they came and they said, you know what? We're testing the baby for cystic fibrosis. And I said, why? I've told you all she cannot have cystic fibrosis. We've had my husband tested because it's a recessive disorder. It's a recessive gene that causes the disorder. She needed a gene from both of us. And my husband was tested and he literally had a, a 0.002% chance or something like that of being a carrier, which is the most minuscule chance of being a carrier because they can't give you a 100% definitive answer. But we knew basically 100% that he didn't have it. So I kept telling them, she doesn't have it. No, no, no. We're going to take her to the NICU and we're going to check her. And no one would listen to me. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where no one's listening to you and they think that you don't know what you're talking about, but you know for a fact that you do, it's extremely frustrating because not the nurses, the doctors, no one would listen to me. Eventually... I was wheeled into my own room, and I kept asking, do I get to actually see my baby? No, 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 no. I was dismissed, and dismissed, and dismissed, and it brought on so many feelings of just frustration, and anger, and anxiety, and it was it was just not a fun experience, so, okay, so that happened then, and nobody let me see her. And I was told she would be under observation in ICU because she might have cystic fibrosis, which, for one, we knew she couldn't, so I was extremely frustrated, because I knew, I can tell you now, I knew, if they gave her to me and let me hold her, because they said her lips were a little bit blue, they were worried, everything would have been fine, but anyway. Okay, so that's what happened there. (laughs) Okay, so then, eventually, the next day, nobody had allowed me to pump to breastfeed, I desperately wanted to breastfeed. I told them I wanted to breastfeed. Nobody supported me in a way that allowed me to. I know friends who had their kids in ICU or the NICU, the NICU, and they were able to pump and have everything ready so that they could at least send maybe milk to the baby or whatever. No. The nurses maybe came in once or twice, checked me a little bit and that was it. Um, So I, I was left feeling very numb. I don't know if any of you have ever had that feeling when you had your children. I felt extremely numb I didn't feel excited I didn't feel happy but I didn't really feel sad I I felt so incredibly numb it was such a weird and horrible feeling Um, so what ended up happening the next day we woke up and I kept asking the nurses can I go and see my baby please can I go and see my baby and that feeling of having to ask somebody else if I can do something that should not be someone else's decision like it's my baby it's my baby I and nobody would listen to me so yeah so my husband said no he'll go check on her and he'll come back and tell me if I can go there and and feed her and whatever um and I'd obviously only just started walking because I'd had the caesar so I was still you know feeling a bit weird and so he went off, and I sat and I waited. And literally, it felt like hours. <laughs> it was probably half an hour, but it felt like a really long time had passed. And I thought, you know what? Stuff this. I'm not sitting here waiting. Nobody's helping me. I'm sitting here all alone again. I can't do this. I'm going to find her. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to hold my baby and I'm going to freaking feed her. <laughs> That's how I felt. So I marched there. Yo, I was. Uh, you know when adrenaline kicks in and I was just marching and I walked and walked and walked and walked and for whatever reason the NICU was on the other side of like that floor so I had to walk quite far and I walked all the way to this this NICU and I got there I can't remember who even let me in because I'm sure I had to be buzzed in or whatever and I walk in (laughs) and there's my husband sitting holding her he was so in love and I was so <laughs> filled with rage <laughs> because he'd gone all the way there just and then he'd seen her shame and he'd, he was just so in love and he got to hold her, which was actually just so amazing and so special for him. And I just burst out crying. I was like, where were you? You were supposed to come back and tell me. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I just really wanted to hold her. She's so beautiful, which was also amazing. So, but anyway, so um so eventually yeah they oh i no. i walked in there and i said to the nurse i said oh can i finally hold my baby and feed her now we've already made a bottle it's fine i'll feed her you can come back in a few hours and feed her oh after all of that i was i lost it i just stormed out of there with my husband he didn't know what was going on he was so in love And I just cried and cried and cried. And the nurses came to me and said, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, I just want to hold and feed my baby and no one will let me hold and feed my baby. And nobody will tell me why I can't hold and feed my baby. And they said, you know what? We'll give you some medication and then it will help you to calm down. Woo, and I lost it even more I said can everybody just leave me alone and if you know me you know that I'm not somebody to outburst at random strangers I may outburst at my family and people I know but I tried to keep things together around strangers but I couldn't I was just like just leave me alone I was like I just need my baby and I just need to feed her anyway so that's how that went so what happened after that is eventually I got her and everyone said, oh, she doesn't need to be in the ICU. She's perfectly fine. And I said, oh, I know. It was so frustrating because I knew she was fine. And if they would just let me hold her. But anyway, I think this all needed to happen for a reason. And I'm getting there. So eventually I got her. Uh, Then we were left completely alone. This baby who needs them 24 hours a day now needed no one except us. Nobody came to check on us. Um, Eventually, I asked someone to come and help me breastfeed. It didn't work. And she said, if it doesn't work, just feed her the bottle. It was so infuriating. I phoned a lactation consultant because luckily I was that mom. I had the folder. I had all the names. I had everything I needed for when she was born because she was going to be given straight to me. And she wasn't. So anyway, so I looked through the folder and I found the lactation consultant. I phoned her. I said, look, this is what's happening. She said, find someone to go and see as soon as you can. I'll give you as much information as I can right now, but you will be fine. You do your best. You will be fine. Okay. So that was that we got home. We left the hospital having she hadn't latched. We were still feeding her a bottle every three hours. I was in hospital for two days not even long enough to to know who I was or where I was going. And then, you know, they give you that little baby and and now it's up to you. So we got home and we still weren't feeding. I was quite distraught about the whole thing. I was still extremely numb. I didn't have any feelings of happiness or of bonding with her. I felt like, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be a mom. I kept phoning my mom and saying, I waited for this my whole life. Why did I do this? I don't want to be a mom. This is terrible. And uh, yeah, I was filled with all the the after effects of having a baby. All the hormones kicked in and I was crying all the time and she wasn't feeding. But long story short, at the end of all of that, I found a lady who lives like an hour away. We drove all the way to her practice where she does, she's a nursing sister. She does lactation consulting. And she showed me, she listened to my story she let me cry she told me my feelings were valid she said you were your feelings were valid nobody was listening to you and it's your baby and you had every right to know what was going on and to feel like you had a say in your baby's life that's all I needed to hear I melted into tears that's all I needed to hear I just needed to hear that I was somebody so that was the start of the healing journey for me she showed me a few tips of feeding her it she latched she fed Bob's your uncle I fed her for a year I I I found a lot of healing after that. But the beginning was traumatic and I this is the reason I wanted to say it all. When I look back now, the parallels of that and my own birth. I don't know what you believe, but I'm starting to realize that sometimes we go through things for a reason and maybe as a child I couldn't find healing because I was a child. It, I had no context, I had no understanding. Um back in the day that's how it was done. Your baby was taken away from you. You had no say and that was it. But I wanted a say, and I think we deserve a say. So when Gracie was born, I got to go through it all again. I got to feel the feelings. I was left alone, just like I was when I was born. I was on a a table you know, having surgery, just like when I was born. Um, I was taken away from my mother, just like Gracie was taken away from me. My mom struggled to feed me. She had no support. I struggled to feed Gracie. I felt like I had no support. And all of that, going through all of that and healing through all of that was just so amazing because it helped me find a new, um, like my friend had told me, find the good. And it helped me to find the good in the situation because I realized it gave me the opportunity to revisit what happened to me so that I could heal. So long story short, (laughs) that's what I found. And that's why I'm working with parents now to help them not only with their children, but to help them through their own traumas and hurts and pains of childhood because yeah, you may think it's small. I thought this was small. So I was born and I went and had an operation and then my mom fetched me. But it may have been more traumatic at the time for for little me that didn't know what was going on. Who knows? So yeah, so that's why I'm trying my best to help parents in that way and to heal and recover maybe from, um, from trauma, from your birth, from your life, from your child's birth, from your child's life. There are so many things that we can do to help heal and to move forward and to take responsibility for our healing where we don't need to blame people so the doctor did something they were doing their best I move forward and I I heal from it and I take what I can into my own hands because if I sit and look at what other people could have done for me the whole day or the whole time I'm never going to get anywhere what can I do for me what can I do to move forward what can I do to heal what can I do to learn my lesson and that's what I want to do for moms as well So I hope this story helped you in some way. If it did, please let me know. Um, Yeah, you can take a screenshot of the podcast and put it on social media, WhatsApp me, email me. You can go to my website if you need any contact information. It's rippleeffectparenting.co.za. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one.